0: Welcome back everybody. We're having another episode of the Replacement Level Podcast. This is the greatest place to check out and get all of your baseball needs here. I'm your host Chris Phillips. As everybody knows, who's been following along, my co-host for fall, Negy is currently over in Israel enjoying his gap year. He was going to join us, but unfortunately, I think the time change and time zones have uh, kind of caught up to him along with I'm sure his studies and his school work, so he's a little bit tired today, so he won't be joining me. It's all right. He will be back again another day for sure. We'll work on getting some time on this calendar here so we he can join us and we can talk some baseball. So I can have somebody to talk to baseball wise that's not just myself because I'm getting a little bored of myself, really. Anyways, welcome back again for another great show. Today we're going to be talking about the NL playoff race here. A few weeks back we talked about the AL playoff race and how things were going to be shaping up, how teams were looking our thoughts and expectations of said teams that are competing for those final playoff spots and how the al west is right now still the closest division up for grabs all the other divisions all um five of the other divisions are pretty much set in stone as to who is going to be the winner of them not all of them are officially uh locked up with their division winners but the division leaders have a sizable lead at this point in this game so it's only a matter of time before that be- they become official where the AL West is currently very very tight between the Houston Astros the Texas Rangers and my beloved Seattle Mariners who have been frustrating uh, a little bit um after they kind of got the the AL West lead and was the front runner only to give it back Uh, so they're fighting to get into the playoffs but anyways we're not talking about the AL today we're going to be talking about the NL today and let's get into it right away Uh, unfortunately similar to kind of how the AL standings are like I initially talked about the divisions are pretty much locked up Atlanta is currently locked in and won the AL East they also have a 14 game lead over Philadelphia so that is you know besides being official there's no way that Philly is going to overcome that anyways the Dodgers have won the AL West. They won it over 13 games over second place Arizona Diamondbacks. The Central, it's still, I guess, up for grabs. Milwaukee has a seven a half game lead over Chicago. I would imagine, though, it's only a matter of days before the Brewers officially lock up the NL Central. Again, there still is enough time. It still could happen, but I'm... There, there's a little bit of a series coming up between the Brewers and the Cubs here to end that maybe could play a role in determining who wins that that division. But the Cubs are going to need to get back on the winning track here. They have gone three of seven of their last ten games, lost their most recent game, and unfortunately they're currently losing. As we're recording the show, currently losing to the Pittsburgh Pirates, so not good signs, but there's still time in that game for the Cubs to pull out a victory here. But most importantly, they need to win some games if that Brewers series at the end of the year is to make any difference at all in winning the NL Central. So with that kind of out of the way, we're going to move over to the wildcard race because there's a lot more interest and a lot more compelling storylines, a lot more entry than what's going on with just the division winners. Currently, for all those who have been following along on our X feed, um, we've been trying to daily present you guys with the latest standings, both with the division leaders and then also with the wild card leaders as well, so everyone we can kind of follow along. And like I said, we're your best place to come and get your baseball knowledge and baseball information. So follow us on Twitter if you don't already. And um, for those of you who do follow us, you know, share us, tell us write us give us some feedback we'd love to hear from you guys um you know it's it's always pleasurable to talk baseball with anybody who's loving this wonderful game but like i said we're going to be talking about the nl uh wildcard race currently philly has the first wildcard spot they have a four game lead over the second place wildcard team which is the arizona diamondbacks in third place is the Chicago Cubs? Uh, Arizona has a one and a half game lead over the Cubs, um, but like I said, they're four games back. And the Cubs have a half game lead over Miami, who's competing for a wild card spot. They all, the Cubs also have a one game lead over Cincinnati, a three game lead over San, San Francisco, and a four and a half game lead. Over the San Diego Padres. That's right, Padres. Even for all of their turmoil and drama, they are still in the playoff hunt, and we'll talk about that here in a little bit. Um, I I wouldn't necessarily rule them out just yet. So, Um, but as I said, it's a very tight wild card race. You have essentially what is it here? Uh, Five. Yeah. Sorry five teams here that are competing for the final play final two playoff spots six again if you want to include the san diego padres which i am you have six teams that are competing for the final two spots so four of them are going to be sitting on the outside looking in and you're going to hear their fan bases talking about how they should have got in how they're they're a better team and everything yada 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 point is these teams all have their flaws all have their strengths and if they're not going to be winning games it doesn't really matter um but it is what it is. We're going to see how this plays out. Again, this is going to be a wonderful playoff race here as we're coming to the end of the baseball season here. Philly, there's not much to talk about them. They're on a one-game winning streak. They've gone 5-5 five and five over the last 10 at this point. They're 83-69, and 43-31 um, at home, 40-38 and 38 on the road. They're pretty much locked in at this point. I don't see them stumbling enough to you know fall out it could happen um I, i'm not going to count on it though whatsoever arizona has been an interesting team all year they were a team that not a lot of people were talking about a lot of people were expecting them to be very good this year and they got off to a good start at the beginning of the year kind of surprising people and they've really just been able to kind of maintain a lot of positive success considering that they have some very big flaws on their roster despite that though they are 81-72 on the year, 43-35 at home, 38-37 on the road. They've won their last five games. They're 6-4 and four over their last 10. They made some moves at the deadline to help bolster their areas of weakness, primarily closer, when they traded for Paul Seawalt, the former closer of the Seattle Mariners. So they've made some moves to be aggressive and to try to get into the playoffs. And I will self-promote here. I was expecting Arizona to be a good team this year. I didn't think they were as bad necessarily as everyone was talking about. When you kind of looked at their roster, you could kind of easily see how things could work out in their favor. I will admit, I was kind of expecting and Bumgarner to play a bigger role and have a more positive impact in Arizona's success. That was not the case. But anyways, um, they've been successful this year and I think they could, they can continue. And I think they can make it in as far as how far they'll go in the playoffs I don't know. I, I I could see him losing in the very first round. I just They're probably going to toss Gallon out there if they can. Right now, he's actually projected to be their final regular season game day starter uh, when they're going to be facing off, I believe, it's Justin Verlander. Again, we can talk about this when we go into these teams a little bit more. But if that is the case, that means Merrill Kelly is probably pitching game one for the Diamondbacks in the wildcard round. And... You're probably not getting gallon, which is gonna be very impactful and I think could lead to ultimately lead to their downfall. Now, again, if they're going to change up their pitching rotation so they can take advantage of Gallon and Kelly, they might be able to sink by in that first round. But again, a lot to dissect and to talk about later on. The Cubs are the third, currently the third wildcard team in their 79-73 on the gear, 42-35 at home, 37-38 on the road. Lost their last game, three and seven in the last ten. They've really been struggling over the last few weeks here. And at one point, they're looking like they could actually win the NL Central, but that hasn't been the case. And ever since they got that close, they've kind of been on a downslide. And unfortunately, they're, in my opinion, they're they're hanging on for dear life here, trying to get into the playoffs here. They've got a good schedule. Again, we're going to talk about all these teams a little more in depth here. Um, as the season winds down, so they could still make a run at it. Miami was a bit of a surprise team. They're 79-74 on the season, 44-34 at home, 35-40 on the road. They've also lost their last game. They're 5-5 five five the re- over the last 10 games. And, again, they're a little bit of a surprise team. Their rotation was looking to be a big, strong point of them, and it really has. Their offense was going to be a bigger question for them in terms of what guys were going to be able to produce, what they're going to be able to do, health of the overall team and roster and everything like that, and they've done fairly well. Um, maybe not the best offensive team that we've seen make the playoffs or anything like that, but considering the pitching that they have, especially that starting pitching, um, they've got a pretty good bullpen they can make some noise because when it comes to the playoff baseball, pitching is very, very important. It's a little more important than the offense that's out there. So they could have a shot to make it in there, but it's going to be a matter of if they can score enough runs. After them is Cincinnati, 79-75 on the year, 37-41 at home, 42-34 and on the road. They've lost their last two and are 6-4 over the last 10. Their team that I fully expected to be... He already eliminated it at this point and actually probably a few weeks ago expected him to be limited, eliminated by this time of the year when the season started that has not been the case ellie de la cruz was a big boost to their overall season along with a bunch of their other prospects that they've called up, like matt mcclain uh christian incarnacion stroud uh Vi Marte, as well as spencer steer so They've been a successful story. Their pitching is still very much an issue, especially their bullpen. Their bullpen, uh, I think they've got a legit shot to say that the bullpen is worse than the Diamondbacks' bullpen. And again, for those of you who follow me, I said at the beginning of the year the Diamondbacks' bullpen was going to be a major flaw for them. And so far it has. And Cincinnati has been right there with the Diamondbacks. And like I said, you can make a case Their, their bullpen is actually worse than the Diamondbacks' here. So... They're in it. We'll see if they can make it. I feel like they've kind of running out of steam here and also, unfortunately, running out of healthy bodies, especially in the rotation, to really make a push and make it in for that final spot. San Francisco here is 77, 76 and 76 on the year, 43 and 32 at home, 33 and 34 on the road, losers of their last two, 4 and 6 in their last 10. And their team likes to say that I feel is kind of running out of gas here at the most. Cr- you know at the worst time of the season 4 like they've been hanging around all year long and they I don't think they have enough to make that final push to make it into the playoffs but we'll see what's in store for them when we look at their schedule San Diego Padres this is a team that pretty much everybody thought at the beginning of the year would be challenging the LA Dodgers for the NL West crown and supremacy and was a legit wild card team or world series contending team And they've been anything but that. They've been a disaster. There's been a lot of turmoil, a lot of infighting, a lot of talk about the chemistry, the roster, and the locker room of it and how AJ Preller... Built this great team, but it's basically like if you're running a fantasy team like it's all great on paper But you're not taking into account for personalities of players and how things can mesh and how things can be Rubbed the wrong way and it can create a bad locker room chemistry and let's be honest in team sports locker room chemistry is a big part that's very much overlooked um, you can have a team that maybe star power wise is mediocre or too good, but they have a great locker room and they can overcome a team that is loaded like a San Diego Padres with talent, but doesn't have a great locker room. So they are 75-78 on the season, 42-36 and 36 at home, 33-42 and 42 on the road. Winners of their last seven games. They're actually the long. They actually own the longest win streak in the NL right now, at seven games. Right behind them is Arizona with five. But the Padres are also eight and two over their last ten games as well. They have made a significant push here, kind of under the radar, which is surprising considering the star talent they have and all the hype that was surrounding them to get into this playoff potential race here. Again, they are four and a half games behind the chicago cubs for that last wild card spot they have four teams to jump over or i'm sorry five teams to jump over if they're actually going to make it in but they have the talent to do so clearly when you have a team that's got juan soto fernando Tatis, manny machado uh luis campensano um i'm drawing xander bogarts who has res- been a resurgence for um this season, considering he was struggling earlier in the year, Blake Snell is looking pretty much like he's going to win the NL Cy Young. We'll see if that actually comes through. But you've got the star power to make that push in there. They did lose you Darvish for the remainder of the season, which is going to be a big blow because having that one-two punch of Snell and Darvish was going to be you know, very effective. Not to mention... Um, um, I can't think of his name. The guy who threw the perfect game for the Padres, uh, Musgrove, uh, Joe Musgrove there. Um, that was a nice one, two, three rotation that they had there and could be very, very effective come this playoff season or playoff time when you have shorter rotations. But Darvish is out. We'll see how much that really hampers their chances of winning that final wild card, wildcard spot. But like I was talking about, we're going to be looking – at the overall remaining schedules of each of these teams and really just kind of get an idea of maybe what they have left my particular thoughts on if they can make a push or or not um so we'll, we'll see we're gonna be we're going to be looking at it because there's a lot to digest in here and I'm going to give you my my rankings of who is most likely to make it in versus, you know, who is most likely not to make it in. And really, when you're looking at it, um, you you have, in my opinion, you've got the Arizona Diamondbacks as having the toughest remaining schedule. Um what they have to face. The teams that they have to face are teams that are still going to be competing for playoff spots. Um, they've got a three-game series that they're about to start tomorrow against New York Yankees in New York. New York is kind of hanging around for a wild card spot. I don't think they'll make it in, but they're a team that's still got a fairly favorable schedule of their own, so they could make some noise and could make it in. So I'm not ruling them out as a team that's basically like we're just going to look at the prospects, the young players, and see what we have there. New York is still competing for it. After that, they'll start a three-game series in Chicago facing off against the White Sox. And then their final series is going to be a home series against the Houston Astros. And like I said earlier, that final game right now, October 1st, Sunday, 3 p.m., 3.10 p.m. Eastern time, you have the projected starters of Zach Gallen versus Justin Verlander. That is huge for both clubs as Houston could still be trying to need these three games to either win the AL West or also secure their spot in the wild card. Houston is not running away with the division this year, the AL West divisions this year. So there's a very good chance that they're going to be pitching Verlander in that final game, which is going to impact them when the playoffs start. Like, like I talked about the Diamondbacks, their rotation is basically Zach Gallon, Merrill Kelly. The rest of the rotation has not been very good. Yes, they've given you innings, but they've also given up a lot of runs and it's put a lot of pressure on the rest of that offense to really come through and kind of bail out this team and get them a win. That's going to be huge. If Gallon has to go the very last day to get the Diamondbacks into the playoffs, that's going to be huge in their overall chances of advancing in the playoffs. But again, you face... Three clubs here, one of them is basically done for the season, that's the White Sox. The Yankees and Houston are still playing for it, and both teams are going to give with their all, so it's not going to be an easy schedule for, schedule for them. Moving on to the team who has the next lighted, next hardest remaining schedule, it's going to be the Miami Mons. Again, they're starting a three-game series at home against Milwaukee Brewers, and the biggest. Impact of them is they're going to face the Brewers' top three pitchers. Corbin Burns, Brandon Woodruff, and Freddie Peralta. That's not going to be an easy matchup for the Marlins to to handle. They roll out their own. Right now, they don't have a projected starter for Friday. Right now, um, the Marlins are going to roll uh, Jesus Lozardo out for Game 2 and then Edward, uh, Edward Cabrera for Game 3. Um, those should be some good pitching matches, matchups for sure, but again, if they're going with a bullpen type of a game for Friday and they lose that one, that puts way more pressure on Lazardo and Cabrera to be impactful starters for them and to win that series. A loss there could be huge the way the rest of their schedule pans out. After being home to Miami or being home to Milwaukee, they're gonna end the season on the road with a three-game series in New York facing the Mets and then a three-game series in Pittsburgh facing the Pirates. So while the Pirates are a bad team and have been eliminated, being on the road, not ideal when you're trying to make a final playoff push in there, but it's the way the schedule's shaking out, and it's what the Marlins have to deal with. And the Mets aren't a great team either, but they are a division team, so you can expect them to give the Marlins a tougher time than maybe another team that would be facing them. So again, they're the second-hardest remaining schedule. After that, we're going to the Chicago Cubs. Um, like I said, they're currently losing to Pittsburgh at home in Chicago, which is not great. And they've they're wrapping up a four game I'm sorry a three game series where they won the very first game, lost last night. So a loss tonight is going to be very, very impactful for the Cubs. After that, the Cubs are going to start with a home series, wrap up their final homestand at home against the Colorado Rockies. Cubs should sweep that no problem. But this is where it's going to get problematic for them. Their last week, they're going to be on the road in Atlanta facing arguably the best team in baseball. Um definitely the best team in the NL in the hot Atlanta Braves. Maybe the Cubs catch some luck here and the Braves have nothing to play for and maybe they kind of rest some players or some of their projected starters aren't going as deep into games because they're trying to keep them fresh for the playoffs because ultimately that's what Atlanta is looking at. That could be helpful for the Cubs, but at the same time, that, that Atlanta team is pretty stacked. Um, and then after that, they're going to be facing, again, um, on the road in Milwaukee facing the Brewers. And in that series right now, the projected starters are Freddie Peralta, Wade Miley, and Corbin Burns for the Brewers. Again, like I talked about, if the Cubs are able to gain some ground on the Brewers in taking care of Pittsburgh, taking care of Colorado, winning the series, hopefully, in Atlanta, that final three-game series against Milwaukee could be huge, and it could impact who's winning the NL Central, and maybe even the loser is out of the playoffs, but If not, like I said, if the Brewers are able to lock this up, the Brewers may not have a lot to play for. Maybe some luck could kind of Cubs that comes away where some of these teams are resting guys so the Cubs aren't facing their opponents at full strength. However, the Brewers and Cubs are division rivals and maybe the Brewers are like, you know what? We're not doing any favors. We're going to make sure you don't make the playoffs. We'll see, but that's going to be very important to watch as the season's winding down. Now, for the second most difficult and arguably I'll say the second most favorable schedule is going to go and really it was kind of a toss-up between this team and the other team that I have left because of how the teams are currently constructed versus the opponents that they're facing as well and I think this team has a more favorable schedule in terms of their opponents but I don't really believe in their overall team construction to be able to take advantage of that and ultimately make it in. I feel the number one team is a better constructed roster and and their schedule isn't that much of a step down compared to this team. So without further delay, I'm talking about the Cincinnati Reds here. The Cincinnati Reds have eight games left. Three of them are at right home. The remaining five are all on the road, and they're all against very favorable opponents. Starting tomorrow, they are going to face off against the Pittsburgh Pirates. It's a division rival for sure, so it should be probably a closer game than people are expecting. However, the Pirates have not been good all season long. The Reds have been better, and this is a great opportunity for the Reds to make up ground in that wild card standings and take advantage of this great schedule. After that, they will start a two-game series in Cleveland, so they're not traveling very far either. They're staying fairly close to home right now, going to Pittsburgh, coming back to go to Cleveland, and again, two-game series. In that one, you have Hunter Green facing off against Logan Allen, and then you have Connor Phillips facing off against Lucas Giolito to wrap it up i think that first matchup between green and allen is going to be huge allen has definitely struggled and it looks like maybe some wear and tear and some fatigue is setting in him if that's the case i don't expect him to necessarily go too deep into the game and that could be a big advantage for the reds especially having their ace on the mound gilito then the next guy, he's a tough pitcher for sure but he's also had a bad season um and you know connor phillips has had a couple good games to start his major league career so maybe the Reds are able to find some momentum here especially if they sweep the Pirates and are rolling and win their first night in Cleveland and they have a four-game win streak heading into that final matchup. Maybe Giolito doesn't loom as large or as difficult a task. Finally the Reds are going to end their season in St. Louis facing off against the hated division rival and longtime division champion the St. Louis Cardinals. It's Again, the Cardinals have been eliminated. They've been a bad team all season long. Their starting pitcher has been atrocious. The Cardinals still got some good players there. The Reds, I think, have enough offense to get by and really take advantage of the poor pitching from the Cardinals. And again, I can see the Reds going 8-0 and wrapping up their season on an 8-game win streak and really making some noise in the postseason because of that offense. Again, they're a team that's really going to have to outscore you because... No lead is safe for them. Their bullpen can cough up just about any size lead. And I think they've coughed up quite a few, actually. Uh, Their closer is good. Alexis Diaz, the brother of Edwin Diaz. But trying to go from starter to closer, they don't have really good setup guys in there. Anybody that can take over or get the games to their better pitchers. So we'll see what happens. And moving on to the team that's got the best remaining schedule... To close out this 2023 regular baseball season, like I said, their opponents aren't as big of a drop-off compared to what we just talked about, the Reds, and it's the San Diego Padres. They too are going to be facing ending their season on the road, but first they're going to start a three-game series against the St. Louis at home. And after that, they'll face a three-game series against Division rival Rivals, San Francisco Giants. Followed by a three-game series in Chicago facing the White Sox. Again, they are a hot team right now. Like I said, winning seven of their last seven games. And it could easily stretch to a 10-game streak. And if you go to a 10-game streak, going to San Francisco to take on the Giants and really... Right now, the Giants' best projected starter, Logan Webb, or their best starter and projected starter in the series is Logan Webb, and he's going against potential Cy Young winner in Blake Snell. That first game is huge. If the Padres are able to take care of it, they will have Seth Lugo going for game two, followed by Waldron in game three against Sean Mania. Right now, the Giants don't have a projected starter for that game two, so That could be huge. And once you get on winning streaks, things can happen. Crazier things can happen where games that maybe you shouldn't necessarily win, you actually do win because you just kind of have a hot mojo um, or whatever it is, really. If they're able to get to that, like I said, sweep the Cardinals and take game one, I don't necessarily see... I see one potential game remaining on their schedule where they could lose, and that would be the opening game against the White Sox when they're facing off against Dylan Cease on the road. He's the probably the second best pitcher they're going to face the remainder of the season, and he's not had a very good year. He still is a very, very good pitcher, so don't discount him just because he's having a bad year. But again, hot teams, when you find that, and you have things working for you, it can be crazy. and. Not only that, we've seen the teams from the NL West specifically get on these late-season runs that just take them farther than anybody expected. And I'm, of course, talking about that magical Colorado Rockies run that they were on to close out the year and took them all the way to the World Series. They eventually lost. And like everyone would say, they really had no business being there because they weren't that great of a team. It doesn't matter. They were a team that had finally gelled together they were a team that was playing good team baseball and they were able to capture lightning in a bottle and make a run and maybe that's what the Padres have found here finally you know it took them pretty much the entire season to to make to figure it out but maybe they finally have again they took the last game against the Dodgers in LA they swept the A's they on the road they swept the Rockies at home they're going to face the Cardinals who's another bad team like I said it can be 10-0 by the time they get into San Francisco. And when you're on these hot streaks, kind of anything can happen. So we're going to see what happens. Like I said, there's just a couple weeks left of this baseball season here. A lot of games left to be played. A lot of outcomes still to be determined. So don't stop watching baseball i know football season is here and everybody loves it myself included but there's a lot more compelling intrigue and drama in the major league baseball season especially how we're closing out this 2023 season so for everybody out there thank you guys for tuning in thank you for listening thank you for your support please continue to share us tell your friends via social medias across the table tell everybody via mouth as well uh you can follow the show at replacement level one you can follow myself at c underscore phillips underscore thirteen. You can follow my co-host Rafal at Rafal n six one three. All of that is on our Twitter. It's all under the, the Twitter um, or X man X's um, handle there. You can if you follow the show, our our X handles are in there as well. To follow us on YouTube, follow us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, everywhere. Uh, like I said, tell your friends and until next week, guys. Oh. We do have some wonderful guests coming up next week. I do want to give a shout out. We've got Jared Sandler of the Texas Rangers going to be on talking about Texas Rangers. Uh, We got Melissa Lockhart who covers the Oakland A's and the San Francisco Giants. We're going to be talking a little West coast baseball with her as well. So check us out next week. It's going to be fabulous shows. I'm very excited to have these guests on and talk to them about their teams and how they got into this and everything. So until next week, guys, check us out and have a great and wonderful day and have a, awesome weekend and let's enjoy some playoff baseball atmosphere.